everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Next Big Thing Canada's podcast. Thank you for joining in. My name is Swarna and today I have a very special guest with me. Someone I'm super excited to talk to. You've seen him in Battlestar Galactica, Supernatural, Flash, Star Trek Beyond and now he will be next seen in Corrective Measures with Bruce Willis and Michael Rooker slated to go on air on April 29th. Please welcome an amazing actor, an amazing talent, Dan Payne. Hi, thank you welcome so much. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank that was a heck of an <laughs> intro. I appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> so thank you so much uh, for being here. And it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, Dan, my first question to you is that before we start talking about your journey to the entertainment industry and your awesome career, um, our viewers and listeners would like to know who Dan Payne is. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, currently, I'm very happy to just I'm a dad, I'm a husband and a dad. And uh, I've got two young boys, 13 and 10, Elijah and Grayson, and uh, an incredibly supportive and awesome wife. And my primary job is dad and, and husband. Yeah. And uh, I get to run around and be a goof and an actor as a as a secondary. But yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm pretty much a regular guy. I, I coach my kids sports. Uh, I help them with their homework and, and it's scary how hard it is in grade uh, eight already. Very scary. Um, a lot of it is like, yeah, let's Google that because dad does not know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm just having fun being a dad and hanging out and, and uh, continuing to chase this dream. So wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for answering that. Um, congratulations, though, on corrective measures. I watched the trailer and it's hugely captivating. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, tell us about the film and your journey and your character payback. It's 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 fascinating. Yeah, it's well, I'm so like, thank you. I'm so honored to be a part of this this film. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a graphic novel turned into a live action movie. Yeah. And Sean Patrick O'Reilly at the helm, he's the one that's uh, connected mm -hmm. to the graphic novel. And then he wrote, yeah. uh, executive produced and directed mm -hmm. the film. And what yeah. an incredibly collaborative, beautiful genius of a soul. Um, with him at the mm -hmm. top of the, the pile, the, the tone was set for us to have a really good time whilst mm -hmm. uh, beating the living daylights out of each other um, on set, on camera, on purpose, yeah. not, not behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a story about a pulse, an electromagnetic pulse that goes over the world and gives people, well, it, it's a, a radiation. So it, it gives some people acute radiation sickness. It kills some, it mutates others, and it gives a lot of people powers. And uh, obviously with powers, there's good and evil. And the, the bad guys uh -huh. end up in this maximum penitentiary uh, prison, which is where the story yeah. kind of takes place. And Payback is an ex-military man who suffers a tragedy that puts him on a vigilante spree of revenge okay. uh, against all, particularly one criminal, but that happens pretty quick. And then he decides yeah. he wants to rid the world of all criminals. And where better to do that than in a prison? So it gets messy when he gets there. Right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so tell me, how was it working with uh, Bruce Willis and Michael Rooker? Uh, you know, when you start out, you're never sure where your career will, will go and you have some dreams and hope. Well, I didn't know that yeah. because Bruce Willis, I've been a huge fan since yeah. the beginning of time. And I've said this every interview, yeah. he defined cool for me. Like he was the moonlighting, rogue, swashbuckling, charming, smartass. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I love that. Like that's such a, yeah. an incredibly intoxicating uh, personality. So I've that was a dream uh, I didn't even know I could have. 
And then Michael yeah. Rooker, I always describe him as the sweetest kind of crazy. Um, my kids were so excited. Like, Dad, can we meet Yondu from Gla yeah, Guardians? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. uh, so to work with those two guys was just an absolute yeah. bucket list that I didn't know I had. Uh, a bucket list thing mm -hmm. I didn't know I had on the list. And it was every bit as amazing as you could imagine. Uh, Bruce Willis is gracious and kind. And he's been doing it a minute. So he just was, it was, it was interesting to watch when I wasn't supposed to be paying attention uh, and just watch mm -hmm. how at ease and how easy things were for him. Still brilliant and full, but just easy. And Michael Rooker is just a creative, he's like, you just don't know what you're going to get. And I love that. There's a mm -hmm. wild side to him. You just don't know, yeah. like roll the dice. You never know what you're going to get. So it kept, keeps mm -hmm. you on your toes. And I had a lot of fun. I learned mm -hmm. a lot and I loved being there. So uh, just dream come true to be honest. Awesome. Awesome. I, I saw your uh, Instagram post where I saw your kids uh, interacting with uh, Michael Rooker at the <laughs> premiere. So how was it? I mean, did they have fun? I'm sure they're very proud of you. They, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm always trying to be, you know, the cool dad in some way, shape or form. I want my kids to think dad's kind of cool. Yeah. It's hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. Even with, I, uh, I, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Even with Disney <laughs> I descendants, imagine. I thought, here we go. I'm going to be, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, not as much as I thought, you know, like their friends are come up like you, the beast from descendants. I'm like, Oh, thank uh -huh. you. Yeah. I am. And my dad, my kids are like, yeah, it's just dad. You know, um, no, they've been really cool. They're very, they're very supportive and they loved, I, I mean, I think when you do it the whole, like I've been doing it their whole life. So it's not, it's, it loses its magic in a, in a way, not, not mm. in a bad way. It just isn't as like, like they're more excited to meet Michael Rooker and, and Yondu from yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. So more than like, oh dad, that's what you do. Like when you, you go to work, that's what you do. So they're very supportive and they're very proud of me. And this movie isn't quite in their wheelhouse for their age group. Mm -hmm. But uh, I want them to see what dad does. So, yeah, they're very proud. They're, it's interesting to watch the, it's interesting to see my career through their eyes. I'll just tell you that. Oh, yeah. wow. It's wonderful. So, I mean, you've done some remarkable work. I mean, you've had an extraordinary journey. You've played volleyball. You've lived abroad. You've traveled countries. Um, so, and, and now you're an actor. So tell me, how did you find your calling? Uh, well, a bit nomadic to begin with, uh, as my parents and I, we moved 16 times, I think before I was 17 oh, wow. and that included like different yeah. houses and different towns. My dad's a workaholic and he, um, yeah. he, uh, you know, he just would get promoted cause he worked his, his butt off and mm -hmm. that kind of gave me a, the nomadic like seek things out, go chase your dreams type of a feel, uh, or desire. And my brother as well. My brother lives in Australia. He's, yeah. he's never been back to Canada and like, well, to visit, but living for 20 years. Yeah. Okay. So the doors always open for sports for me. And I thought, wow, what a cool way to see the world if I can get there. And I happened to get there and I ended up playing in, in Holland and I fell in love with performing something that I love doing, um, in front of a crowd. That, that immediate yeah. response from the demand of performance was quite intoxicating. And when I retired from sport, my brother was doing a photographic company or building it in the, in the Wit Sundays in Australia. And I called him. I'm like, Hey, I'm retiring from volleyball. I don't know what to do now. He's like, I right, come join me. We'll build this company together. Yeah. Yeah. And we created shows and I ended up going on stage and we had a lot of fun. And I fell in love with that same kind of 
demand for performance with an audience response. And it was, it built from there. And it's always, I think it's just, it's a performance-based thing. I enjoy, I enjoy, I guess, not the stress, it's not the right word, but I enjoy the, the demand of performance and the challenge to forever be yeah. at the front edge of something and, and be, I guess, on. I don't know. <laughs> I, I love this job. I can tell you this much. I absolutely love this job. Fantastic. And that's very, very inspiring. Um, Dan, um, what would be the biggest lesson that you took? I mean, you have, you have like so many credits to your name. So one particular event or lesson that you took from uh, well, any of the characters that you've played? Ooh, not so much the characters, I don't think, but I know that. So the, the, the sporting background that I had created this, you know, never give up, get up one more time, then you get knocked down mentality. Yeah. And that if you love mm -hmm. and desire something enough and push hard enough, you will find success as long as you deem success as moving forward towards your goal. Like, yeah. so I guess the one thing I learned was to never deem success to be one way far out there end goal. That's, that can be the dream, but the incremental achievements on that journey for me equated to success. So getting going to a, like getting accepted to a, a school or a class for acting, um, getting an agent, those getting good headshots, getting an audition. Those are all successes that I deemed um, necessary for me to feel successful and continue to get on going. And every no that I got was just a reminder to keep, you know, learning and growing and being better so that I can get that. Yes. It's a tough industry. It's a lot of no, like from agents, from oh, yes. rejection, from oh, auditions, yes. Oh, yes. uh, critics, whatever, what have you, there's a lot of, of no, but belief in self and having a great support system, which I do has been ex incredible and just passions, the fuel. And yeah. I just continue to drive towards it, get up one more time. Then I get knocked down. That's my brother and I always reminded each other, no matter how, th mm -hmm. how hard things are, if you love it enough and you want it enough, get up one more time and keep going. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, I also wanted to ask you about when any one character that you played that still holds a very special, um, you know, it's very special to you and you still think about it. Um, yeah, I, I got to Ivan Hayden, uh, a friend of mine now, uh, we got to work together on a, on a web series called divine the series and I got to play an immortal. Mm -hmm. And Ivan had, and, and his team had this incredible story laid out, like, unbelievable story and i was so excited to have this story flesh out and and we we did six episodes i believe on the web series in the hopes mm -hmm. of it becoming a tv series and it didn't quite make it but i think that's why it holds such a place for me is that it was so there was so much potential for it to be an incredible journey and we did have an amazing amount of fun filming it but just the prospect of it becoming more and then maybe it just not quite getting there's what's got a hold on me because I've always mm -hmm. wanted to have that story play out. And then another mm -hmm. one was um, Devil in the Dark. Uh, mm -hmm. Did a thriller, a brother, uh, a brother's story about uh, an, a supernatural entity trying to enter the world. And we were kind of the last bastion before it would uh, escape. And we go on a hunting trip and any of the things go sideways. But that story, yeah. that, that film, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed doing it, making it and, and watching it, but it was such a collaborative experience for the first time where I felt 
comfortable and confident in what I was doing and also welcomed in the um in the creative process to to shape not mm-hmm. only my character but how the story arcs and characters grew throughout mm-hmm. and uh it made me want to become more involved in producing and possibly one day directing because I could see all of those elements coming together because I was invited to and welcomed to yeah. to be a part of it yeah obviously they filtered it through what they needed but it was nice to be a part of the conversation well, that's a, that's that's excellent, um, Dan. So I believe corrective measures is going to uh, release on Tubi. Correct. So and I think and this is something that you know pandemic has basically enforced on us, where you know from theaters, everything is now on the digital platform. How does it feel to be a digital age actor? I mean, is it different? Is it the same? Um, I'm trying to, so in my life, I was trying to now look, I'm trying to look for the positives. And I think the digital age has allowed for a greater demand for content. And with that, uh, there's a greater opportunity for stories to be told. And some of them may be previously marginalized or forgotten or negated uh, uh, stories due to the sort of narrow bandwidth of the bigger Hollywood core and, and theater release, um, has allowed for a, a greater opportunity for creatives to have their voice and, and tell their stories and create movies. And for actors and for people who want to, like myself, want to produce, there's more demand for content and opportunities for people to collaborate and create that stuff. So I think in the digital age, it might be, I, I see it as a benefit for all, just the stories, the opportunities for, for the outlets of more to happen is incredible. Right. Um, another topic that I feel that the pandemic has kind of just put on us is um, mental health, wellness. And you've been a tremendous advocate of mental health, wellness. Thanks. I mean, Dan, there are, I mean, you know, there are good things happening where, you know, the good news is that people are coming out and talking more about their struggles. But the bad thing is that the stress is just increasing. So um, as someone who has battled depression, tell us, tell us about how you cope and how has it been for you? The, uh, well, it's everybody's journey is a very individual and unique yeah. one. And I, I can only speak to mine and I hope that it resonates or helps somebody. Um, the greatest thing I did finally, I hid for years and I wanted to hide. And there's such a stigma that I felt that I had to hide. And I didn't want to be seen as broken. And I didn't want to be seen as lesser because that was already my sense of self self worth and image. And, and I, um, and I was fair, I was fearful of the external. Um, so, so much so that I didn't want to say anything. And the greatest thing that I finally got around to doing and I don't, you know, I don't know how to get there for people. I don't know how to help them get there, except to say that on the other side of telling someone that you care about, someone that you can trust and, and love and know loves you, I think the world shifted enough where there, there's going to be a welcome listening, like a, they will hear you. And to be able to unburden yourself with that solo journey that you're hiding, for me anyway, that I was hiding from, it afforded me the opportunity to feel not alone, and that that in itself gave me a strength to kind of 
and I always say this, like I wasn't driving the bus, depression was driving my bus. And mm -hmm. all I was trying to do was interrupt it enough to stay on the road. And um, telling my wife was the first person that I, I admitted it to because I, get a, I got to a very, very uh, dark place. And she was there for me and she didn't know what to do and she didn't know how to help. But that's not the point. Like the, the, I, I know that I was so, I guess, ashamed and, and hated this place that I was in that I just wanted it to be fixed. I didn't want it to be something that I told somebody and then I was judged for and that I was seen as different or lesser or, you know, justified in my feeling broken. That when I told her and she said, it's okay, we'll figure this out that sense of someone seeing me for who I truly am and being able to be authentic enough to know that I'm not broken. I'm just dealing with something that others are dealing with and that it's okay. It's not, I'm not the to broken toy that you throw away. Um, was incredible. So to start talking about it, to be able to start talking about it and open up about it. Cause that spiral in my head that I was going on solo, dark journeys over and over again. And that created this complete perpetual negative self-talk and this, it perpetuated itself. Like I had no external voice to give me reason or to give me a sense of anything other than the crap that I was creating in my own head. And to be able to see it for the, and I, I don't, I hope it's okay to say the crap that it is and was, because I don't like it and I don't want to be there. And it's not like I felt, I didn't, I mean, I did feel like I chose to be there because of who I am being broken. But yes. if it is a choice, I can, even if it isn't a choice, I can choose to try and do things to make it better. And I'm sorry to go on about this, but no, of course, please. it was a really like difficult and it still is difficult um, effort. You have to put in the effort, but I didn't know where to put in the effort. So I've told my wife and now I can talk to her about it. And in talking to her about it and feeling okay about it, I now... I'm getting to the point where I can talk to my kids about it because my biggest fear is that they are in the situation I was without feeling like they can mm -hmm. talk about it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I go to talk therapy and I'm, I see a naturopath to help me with supplements and, and adjusting um, and balancing things. But for, for me, it's about, I have, I have to apply that sports mentality, applying that drive to take a step, whatever it is, even if it's the tiniest step ever towards mental health for me. And that can be like, don't touch my phone for a half hour in the morning. Um, because, you know, the pandemic and the, and the stuff that's going on in the world and the, the, the way that, and I don't want to get into it, but the way that the news kind of perpetuates the darkness, if I can leave that alone for a half hour, wake up and just be very present with my wife, my kids and myself, then I can find enough fortitude that if I do turn on my phone and I do stumble into that, what I would say is negativity, it's not the start of my day and it doesn't set the tone for the day. And yeah. I try and catch myself with self-talk and negative, you know, I, I like the premiere. I was like, Oh God, I hope I don't suck or ruin this film. Like that's instead of like seeing it as, Oh my goodness, what an opportunity I got to work with so-and-so and this is going to be so great. Yeah. I was so worried I was going to screw it up for everybody. And I didn't like, I couldn't enjoy it till I had seen it to know that I hopefully didn't bury this film for all these incredible people that I got to you know, like, it's just a, the negative self-talk is so ingrained that I have to catch it now and learn, but I never would have any, all these things that I'm talking about, I never would have even embarked on 
changing them in any way, shape or form if I hadn't had or found the opportunity to tell someone. And so I hope the world has shifted enough and I feel like it has that if you do tell someone that you'll be welcomed enough to feel that sharing is okay and then therefore find avenues to help your you know your journey towards a better mental health. I talked a lot there and I don't know I get I get caught up in it. It's still fairly new for me and it's tough. Yeah. It's a tough situation and I I <laughs> I hope just by talking about it that I'm helping. So I don't know if that answered your question. I don't know if I just rambled on, but. No, no, of course. No. <laughs> thank you so much for answering that. I mean, it's very inspiring. And thank you. Thank you so much for answering that. Oh, my, my pleasure. Um, <laughs> my next question to you would be as someone who uses their platform to destigmatize uh, mental health, uh, do you think that uh, mental health for men? I mean, is it still being heard? Do people still relate the same way? Do they still empathize the same way that they do for women? Or is it is it still stigmatized? That's a that's a really interesting that's a great question. I I mean I, I can't speak to how uh yeah. you know how it affects women or how speaking about it with women. I, I believe that women have been better at conversation and at talking about mm -hmm. things, I think, than men, because I think there is still some residual stigma about men having to be a, you know, a strong provider and, yeah. and real men don't yeah. cry. And um, I, I have to believe that it's gotten better. And I have to believe that, you know, things are changing and I can only but advocate for what I'm going through and, and being that I am a man who is battling depression and, and learning that I will speak to it from that place. Uh, is it harder? I think depression and anxiety and any kind of mental health is hard for anybody. I think it's incredibly hard for anybody, mm -hmm. no matter what your background history, like it's going to be difficult. There's, there is still stigma for it mm -hmm. for mental health alone. And I think it's just different. I think for men, it's different because there's a preconceived notion of what a man is supposed to be and how yeah. you're not allowed to be yeah. weak or cry or, you know, yeah. suck it up. Um, but for women, you, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to be certain things that, that society would deem and you'd feel the pressures of those things or certain religions would I think would put a horrible pressure on people to be a certain yeah. way and not allow you to have the voice to say, I'm not okay. And I think... For me, mental health, the stigmas that apply to anybody in any situation who's struggling, to break those stigmas down, to be able to just say, mm -hmm. hey, I'm okay, and then find out that it's okay to not be okay, that's a lot of okays. Um, that's what matters. And if talking about it for me, from mm -hmm. my perspective, as a man who's dealing with what I feel and how I'm being affected with my depre depression and what I feel are the pressures I have to not mm -hmm. due to the stigmas that I think exist for me. I hope talking about those helps anybody in any situation with whatever mm -hmm. stigma they are feeling pressuring them to keep quiet or denying them a journey towards mental health. I hope that talking about it breaks those down, if that helps. Thank you. Thank you so much for answering that. Thank you. Um, then I, I think you may have answered this question a lot, but what is your 
definition of success? Uh, that's a, that's a, I love your questions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. So success for me is to be able to love what I'm doing, um, to, to find joy in whatever it is I'm doing. And in order to do that for me personally, it's to set incremental goals. No more, no matter where I'm at, I want to forever be learning, growing and achieving new things. And if I set goals that are achievable to hopefully get to goals that are maybe less achievable to that next one, which is the dream one, that I'm being successful. Every, every step towards my big dream means yeah. success. And success also can include having a support system that no matter where you are, like some of those goals are difficult to get to. You know, sometimes yeah. it takes a lot longer to get that little tiny step forward because it's a tough industry. And whatever industry you're in, if you can set those goals and, and you have the people around you to help encourage you to keep going and find not only the strength to keep going, but the the education, information and, and the knowledge and wisdom from people who might like getting coaching for me or going to classes or mm -hmm. picking the brains of those people who are where I want to be. Those are yeah. important things for me to help continue to be successful. Awesome. And that's in my career awesome. for me as a, as a dad, yeah. and a husband, yeah. uh, that's just about listening as best I can to them yeah. to make sure that I'm on the right path. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> my final question to you, Dan is, um, one, um, any message that you'd like to give to, um, the young and aspiring actors who look up to you for motivation? Um, let me see. Don't let this industry judge you. Uh, go on this journey for your own reasons. Uh, knowing that it's a difficult one, make sure that the passion fuels you to, to wake up and tackle every audition and every challenge with joy. Mm -hmm. If it's a stress or a negativity, uh, then you might have to change your attack. Uh, but yeah, don't, so don't let the industry judge you. Let, let you, you know, let you be always the judge of your journey. And as long as it's something that's giving you joy and bringing you and create success, create opportunities for success for yourself. Um, Wonderful. I think, I think that's the best <laughs> I can do. I, I have a bit of jet lag, I have to admit, and I appreciate. Hopefully, I've I've you know been as present as as needed. But I, I was in Australia. No, for of course, of course. Two days last week. I don't know why, but oh wow. Yeah, that's a long way to go for two days. Um, no, no, of course. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I mean, you know, you've added like a huge value uh, to, to our conversation. I'm deeply honored to have you. Oh, my us. pleasure. Thank you so and much. And I hope we can have you back sometime very soon. And I wish you all the best. I would love that. Successes and your endeavors. Thank all you. All right, then. Uh, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to our conversation today. I've been speaking with Dan Payne. This is Swarna for Next Big Thing. Thank you so much.